Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I publish the weeklydriver.com. It's been online since 2004, so we're coming up uh, more than 15 years now. Oh, boy. And uh, my co-host and friend is Bruce Aldrich, and today we're going to just discuss a few things in the automotive industry that have been on our mind for the next uh, 25, 30 minutes. Bruce, um, you have a list of stuff, and let's get right into it. What's what's going on in the automotive world? What what's what's on your mind? Everything's going Every on now, in the everything. automotive world. But I was thinking about electrics because we've talked to some yes. people lately about electric cars and uh, electric cars. The rollout is still going very slow. Yes. And why? And why is that? Yeah. Why do you think? Cost. Yes. They're more expensive. And people's habits don't. Change. change they don't want to change their habits right. they don't want to stop if they're going on a 400 mile trip they don't want to have to stop every probably what every hour and a half so i'm a manufacturer and i'm not tesla and i think that that's going to be the future of automobiles and so i'm going to introduce my electric car the acme car how am i going to sell the public on that car you're going to say i have a 500 mile range not yet. Nobody has that. But some are, like the Rivian and Byton, are touting. Neither one of the cars is available yet, but they're touting 400-mile range, and they're in their top battery, I guess, at a, at a reasonable price, if you will. So if you want to win over the public and you're an electric manufacturer, electric vehicle manufacturer, what? how do you win over the public, or can, or can you? Well, part of the thing is when they advertise a 400-mile range, that's... Yes. Fully charged, a brand new battery. Yes. And until it's dead. Yes. Well, yeah. Not the realistic. Car, the car starts, stops rolling. Yes. That's not realistic. Okay. In a gas car that goes 400 miles, you can do that. Mm-hmm. You limp into a gas station and fill up. Where are you going to charge that vehicle, that uh, electric car? If you're a homeowner and you have a garage and you can charge it at home Mm -hmm. that's a big plus right there but there's a lot of people who don't have that luxury that's right and so the so that eliminates a lot of people now where would you charge it a lot of people uh, have charges at work yes but a lot don't yes so those electric highways as we're talking about the different companies that are involved those are not saturated points yet. They are in, in some major areas. Sacramento, we have a lot. Even where your second home is, you're, uh, in Truckee now, there's several, right? Sure. So you can go 100 and, is it 100 miles, 110 miles? It's 100 miles. 100 there. miles to Truckee. And without any worries, if you have a, a, a decent electric vehicle, you can charge it. But if you're the, again, if you're the marketing agency or you're the manufacturer and you want to win people over, don't you have to kind of throw some numbers? Look, if you if you charge your car at night with a regular charging system in your house, was that 110 uh, or 220, make it more efficient, um, and it costs you a dime, and it's pretty easy to do, and in a year you're going to save X amount of money. I don't really see anybody talking about that. I've never seen a price. Yeah. What? That so seems it, like a very logical that, thing that to do. That tells me it's not very cheap to, to charge. Okay. Now, with, with wouldn't all the people... You, wouldn't you brag about it if it was? You would think so. And what about the people who who we know, uh, several, who are diehard EV people? They say anybody who drives a gas car is ridiculous and everybody should have an EV car. 
Um, and everybody doesn't. That's well. So it, uh, for the first time in the last in the first six months of 2019, electric vehicles outsold manual transmission cars. But it was only like 1.9 percent of all cars to 1.8 percent for manual transmissions. The numbers very small. So the hybrid industry is still. If somebody's going to change their ways, they're going to go to a car that. They don't have to use the electric uh, part of the car. They can always use the gas car, although it might go 25 or 30 miles on electric. Those cars are still selling. The plug-in hybrid. The plug-in yeah. hybrid. They're still selling not fully electric because people's habits just don't change. Don't Why change. should they change? Who wants to go backwards? Oh, now I got to stop for 30 minutes to charge this thing. Right. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah, and if, but if I say I'm not throwing this out at you being antagonistic here but if i say hey bruce um let's what do you what do you what do you um pay for gas in a year a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars a year whatever it is and you're going to buy a car that has an electric version and a gas version and the electric the gas version costs forty thousand dollars and the electric version costs fifty thousand dollars and you're going to get a rebate from the feds of seventy five hundred dollars and depending upon what state you're in you're going to get some more money so it's a push in terms of the price uh and then you're going to save on your electricity bill you're never going to have to go to a gas station does that do anything for you yet would you do it no i'd have to it'd have to be cheaper than the car there you go have to be cheaper than a gas car regardless of nobody wants to go backwards in anything right here's my new deal it's not as good as what's available won't you buy it? Nobody's going to buy it. Right. Right. You're right. Uh, that's, that's where they're at. And so it, 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 it's a numbers game for most people who are considering it rather than an environmental. People who are people buying uh, hybrid or plug-in hybrids or electric vehicles or hydrogen vehicles or any other kind of alternative fuel vehicle based on numbers more than the environmental concerns i think that they're, they if the numbers don't add up they're never going to buy it regardless of their environmental uh, beliefs is that fair enough well it depends on how much money you have right well the good thing about electric especially with like the uh the s is the performance right so there is a huge advantage there yeah that's true and the quiet and they're quiet you know, the, the quiet rush you know maybe that's not an advantage the the oral uh, symphony of a of a V8 is uh, kind of nice, and so and and, and when maybe, you put your foot in it, that's true. And maybe this is a, maybe this is a, a tangent I'm going off on, but one of the cars I'm reviewing this week is a, Lex, a Lexus um, 500h. So it's a hybrid car that definitely is a sports car, definitely goes fast. That's the LLC, right? The two door. Yes, the t- uh, that's that's correct. And it looks like um, it's a beautiful looking car from the exterior. It, it goes really fast, but people justify, um, yes, I'm buying an electric, I'm buying a hybrid vehicle and the gas mileage is 30. Well, that's pretty good, except if you're, if you're an EV person, you're thinking, no, it should be, you should have, every car should have 50. It doesn't work that way. And it probably never will, right? No, well... You should have a Tesla. It'd probably be faster than that 
right. but it wouldn't look as good. But. And and it would this one cost this car outside costs one hundred and four thousand dollars. So I guess you could get a Tesla for that now. Maybe they're even more than that. I don't even know. Are they more than that now? Oh yeah, but yeah. You, I think you can buy one less. Yeah. I mean, I last I looked, they started it in the low eighties. So. I'm going to take us back a couple of years. We went to the LA Auto Show. You missed last year. So it's two years ago we went. And before the the new car um, areas opened, we went to the automobility area. And everything there was about electric vehicles or a related industry to electric vehicles. And at that point, we thought, boy, this is going to rock and roll and everything's going to be in shape. Uh, in, in going, we Ollie, the electric transport vehicles, all these things were going to be right there. And then all of a sudden, last year, or this last year it wasn't when I was here by myself. This year, this past November, you and I went, and it certainly wasn't that way. It wasn't, it was uh, a well, that, minor. That, that all keyed into the autonomous. It all keyed into the autonomous. Too, vehicle, and it, the, the two were going to go hand in hand and they were going to take off. And, and just all. Not so much. Nope. And is that part and parcel of old habits or do you think when that woman was killed was it in arizona i think that put a big damper on the autonomous part of the equation well, and it certainly did yeah. certainly did so um i get all these press releases about now there's i think in in silicon valley there's more than a hundred electric or autonomous vehicle or combinations of those kinds of uh companies that are out there waiting for when it's going to happen and I've got to think, no disrespect to entrepreneurs, but in five years, how many of those companies are going to be left? 10, 20? I, it seems like there's just this complete saturation of people who don't want to miss the boat, but a lot of them are, and there may not be a boat. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. The, the guys that are really into their EVs, um, they call any manufacturer, the, the current manufacturers that produce uh, gas cars, they call them legacy legacy automakers now. Legacy I, automakers. Yeah, it's like you know they're just going to be out of here, unless unless they can pick up their game. And yeah, you know they aren't. They have a few oddities here and right. there. You know, the Jaguar has one, and most everybody has an electric car now. But they're just yeah, they're just toys. Right, they're just toys so far. Um, you and I, I think are in the same. Uh, well. Listen, let's back up that toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, test, a Model S and its performance is not a toy, no. but it's not practical. No. It, it has a, a lot of limitations. It's a toy because, for a rich person. Yeah, mm -hmm. because of the charging. And if it's right. just an extra car in the garage, hey, it's great. Take it out on the weekends and go to the drag strip and see what your ET is, you know? but That's right. Um I think you and I are in agreement that, and maybe I'm a little bit more infatuated than you are, but I, I can't, I've always go back to the Byton and the, and the Rivian and I just can't wait to see, particularly the Rivian's got uh, backing from all these major, major companies. Uh, I don't know. They have billions of dollars ready to go and nobody's seen the vehicles yet. Now they're, but they are taking deposits. And I think the same with the Byton that you, you can't get one yet, but you can put a deposit on it. And, we saw those cars, and I'm still I'm still uh, blown away by the potential of what those cars have to offer. Um, we'll see if they if they come to fruition. I don't know. We talked to a couple uh, manufacturers, and I think what they think might be the next 
good place for electric vehicles is in the light truck market. Yes. Delivery vehicles. Mm-hmm. It might work. Then Amazon order yeah. a thousand or I think correct a thousand of them. I right. Think. Um, yeah. But I where are they? I mean, what takes so long? I don't know. Yeah, well, I think uh, I read the other day um, that with the announcement of the Tesla, the, the very futuristic looking Tesla, oh, the truck, the truck at the LA Auto Show, that Rivian has um, down. What's that? What's the right word? They, the the cost, the projected cost, is now seven or eight thousand dollars less than they had predicted. And one one person, maybe it was on Forbes or Car and Driver, one of the um, well-known um, publications, speculated that because the Tesla pickup truck has had so many orders that the Rivian people said, let's make the cost of our car less so we can get back to some of those people who may have taken the leap and put their faith in, in Elon Musk's futuristic-looking truck if you can even call it i guess it's a truck it looks i don't know what it looks like but um rivian has reacted to that by lowering the price of their pending pickup truck hmm. well let's see how they go see how they go okay what's what else an, you got what, what's another one uh why are old cars more fun to drive than the new ones or are they you go first i'd say they're a lot more fun why is Me that too. Mm-hmm. simplicity simplicity mm-hmm the seat of the pants feel you can feel everything right yes. especially with some manual you're right. putting that thing into gear you can feel um when you accelerate there's no lag there's no turbo lags or you know a manual transmission slop it it goes right um they're well built by and large oh, well <laughs> i would say they're poorly built well compared to modern vehicles I mean, if just the rough chassis, if it's an old truck, yeah, it's 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 like a tank, right? But well, how, what let's 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 quantify or qualify old cars. Like if you had a Duesenberg, um, weren't they extraordinarily built? I mean, true. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's but like a classic car. Yeah, I'm classic talking one. about okay. a, an old car like pre pre seventy two. Let's say okay. And some of Before those are, all the electronics went in there, all the plastics went in there. Yeah. So we're talking about some some clunkers that you wouldn't want. Yeah, they don't make sense anymore. They no. don't. They don't stop well. They don't corner well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they pollute we pollute like crazy. We They're had loud. our we had our guy on a while back, and it, it took my breath away to see the car in, over in East Sacramento at the local market. I saw that Studebaker, and I thought that was fantastic, but it's not. Not a car that you would you would no. think that would it's be a toy like a, an, like an electric like car. an electric car yeah so um, there's something to be said for the simplicity you get in a car and you rely on yourself to see where other people are who are driving you you have to older cars more manual transmissions you have to be a driver you have to enjoy the the process of driving you might not have uh, um, it might be just standard brakes not no uh, boost to right. the brakes. No, uh, of course, there's no ABS. So you no. gotta you gotta modulate the brakes if you're stopping hard, and uh, the steering wheel. Uh, some of the, especially the American cars, there's <laughs> there's quite a bit of slop in those old steering wheels. But you have to crank on them, right? Especially if it doesn't have automatic or power steering. Yeah. And so you, you're involved with the machine. 
That's right. And we, we, in two, two things come to mind. One I've referenced many times is that we went to that, um, upscale, uh, car show, uh, in Carmel Valley a few years back. And here comes the half a million dollar Rolls Royce with that beautiful paint. And it was just stunningly attractive. And every, every set of eyeballs turned to that car when the woman drove it in on the lawn. And then five minutes later, the guy comes in and his 1951 Ford F100 pickup truck that was cherry red, I think, or close to that. And all the eyeballs went from Rolls Royce to that pickup truck. And he was the center of attention. So yeah, to that, your point, that yeah. guy said he was amazed that the young kids didn't know what it, like a, a hand crank was for the windows. Right. They had no idea. And or a, a little you have to open a little door down below. That was, you know, to get the heat down at your feet. Yeah. What did he say? He had that great line. He said I, when he drives it once a month uh, from Carmel Valley into Carmel, I don't know, five, six miles, whatever it is, that um, uh, women want to date him because he was a, he looked like a. You know, he looked like Desi Arnaz, not Desi Arnaz, he looked like uh, us, us, okay. he looked like a very handsome old guy, uh, you know, very, very debonair uh, guy. And uh, so the women who were in Carmel wanted to date him. The kids, like you said, didn't know what the truck was. And, and the guys he meets at a coffee shop, whatever, they want to drive it. So he has three areas of people he sees in that in that truck that every time he does it, he sees those same three categories of people. Well, that's probably another thing to, to mention about the older cars. They're, they're fun because... Uh, People give you a thumbs up or, you know, you're being seen in it. Right. And that's kind of fun. Yeah. Like last year, there was a guy that um, he's a corporate lawyer in, in Southern California. And I met him at the Concours on the Avenue. And I turned left. Uh, there's all these cars, as you know, there, there's it's just sensory overload with all those cars. But there was the uh, the Nash Rambler. And I talked to the guy and his friend. And, and there were more people looking at that car Um on that Tuesday morning, which is, it's always on a Tuesday. It's always great in Carmel. Recommend it to anybody who's never been there. It's a free show and you just hobnob with all kinds of car owners. But this guy was as proud of that car. And I asked him about, you know, driving that car to work. And he said, well, you know, he's in Southern California, Orange County. He's in a, a pretty wealthy area. And he said, well, everybody's got a Ferrari. Everybody's got a Lambo. Everybody's got whatever, but nobody has one of these. And yeah. so he attracted a lot of attention and his, one of his daughters drove it to high school for a while, and the college football team lifted it across the. Remember that part of the yes, story? Yes. So, like a, like a v, like they did to VW Bugs all the time. Exactly. Back in the so old days. The, the car is so much fun that um, they stand out in in the the fun category of owning a car. And I mean, I think some of those. When did seatbelts come out? So if you have an old car, you got to buy seatbelts and install seatbelts. They don't come with factory seatbelts, right? When was the first year of seatbelts? Six seventy, early seventies. Well, my 59 bugs certainly didn't have them. I'm, no. I'm thinking it was like 62, 63. Oh, was it? Okay, that early. I'd I'm forgotten. Not sure. Yeah. But you don't have to retrofit them, I don't believe. People do for yeah. common sense, but... Yeah. Oh, you don't have to? No. Is that, a, is that federal or a state state rule? I don't well, even... that was just on new vehicles. Oh, just on new vehicles. Like, oh. I don't have any seatbelts in the back of the, the bug. Oh, okay. And I don't have lap belts. All I got is, or I have lap belts. I don't have the uh, shoulder, shoulder harness. Shoulder harness, yeah. Okay, what else is on your mind, Bruce? Tech in the car world. Oh, my All gosh. the new technology. Where do we start? Yes. A lot of things are good, obviously. ABS, slip control, um, traction rear control, rear view cameras. Mm -hmm. um, they have blind spot avoidance. Uh, I like the uh, radar-driven uh, 
for the um, GPS. Nefs, nefs. No, I'm thinking for the uh, cruise control. Oh yes, that's that's it. that's really nice. So it's adaptive cruise control. Adaptive the cruise slows you down gently. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But what don't you like? A lot of other well, stuff. These guys, we go to these electronic shows and mm-hmm. some of these car shows. There's always vendors trying to sell. Oh, like one of them I recall was trying to uh, a dash top device that would tell you when the green light's about to turn red. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Ridiculous. over overload on stuff Why that, do you that need they want to add to the cars. Right. And they want to have everything that's in your home, they want you to walk out into your car in the same environment as in your car. Right. And another... More sh- screens. More screens. More screens, more data, more more distraction. Okay, let's just take another scenario of that. Starbucks. You go to Starbucks, pick your coffee shop, whatever, Starbucks, Pete's, the, lo- the local mom and pop uh, coffee shop and you're backing out of the parking lot most of them are ill-conceived and really poorly designed and so you have the backup camera and that's really good there might be somebody with their coffee cup talking on their phone not paying any attention and that you're, you put your car in reverse and it tells you boy there's somebody right there that's the positive that's a really good thing but you could be in a regular parking spot with plenty of room on both sides you put the car in reverse and all the bells and whistles are going off and then you you react and you could be in worse shape, potentially, than if you could be if you didn't have any of those bells and whistles. They're counterproductive. It I could think. be, yeah. And so that's the one that I don't like, that they're just too damn sensitive. Why do we need, if that car, that the car next to you was 10 feet on either side, or let's just say 6 feet, or there's a tree 30 feet in front of you, by having uh, uh, some sort of system go off to tell you a sensor going off, I think it probably potentially could cause more accidents than prevent accidents well we just have to adapt to what what the manufacturers devise mm-hmm. I, I don't like to adapt to the car the car should adapt to me but yeah that's so, old-fashioned i guess you know what i also i don't like is the uh, um the automatic braking systems yes i mean that's a good thing right that's great but but you know in, in the dark and and tumbleweed blows across or a pile of leaves blows up and that thing yes stomps on the brakes uh unannounced to you that's not a good thing no it's not and, and the guy that's following you too close behind yeah i haven't read the statistic it's been a couple of years but i remember reading something like um 2018 and forward there was an average of 63 things in the car that were Safety features? Safety features. And that most people use under 20 of them. I think it was 17 or 18. Which Well, I've never used my airbags. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That's a, that's, a, that's a good exception to the rule. Thankfully, we haven't. But um, different sensors and, and uh, um, I, I can't think. Well, maybe uh, indoor, uh, small front window, front uh, headlight windshield wipers. Okay. I mean, is that a good example? I don't know. Or... Or uh, th- uh, three different interior lighting systems for the car, or um, is are adjustable seats? Is that part of a safety feature where the seat can adjust fifteen spots, or is that more of a comfort feature? Why do you need fif- a fifteen-way adjustable seat? I'm okay with that. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to argue about that one. I like that one. <laughs> you do like okay. okay. Uh, okay. It's kind of like your any just about any tech you buy now, like a yes. Uh, a fancy camera, right? It might have 
200 features and but you can read through the book or through the manual and you'll find 12 that you really like and that's what you use but you can't use all 200 i think is that what you're trying to say yeah and and i guess the one that we i forgot to mention i think you forgot to mention too the one that we really like is head up display oh yeah that's that's one of the better ones if not the best one that should be uh required in all cars and and what should and what should the kidding but i i really enjoy a head-up display and what and what should they have what should be included in the head-up display miles per hour um yeah i just like the speedometer number one and and it tells you if you're exceeding the speed limit tells you exceeding the speed limit and and some of them have turn indicators now or no I don't recall that, but they have the nav screen up there. So if right. you are trying to go somewhere, you don't even have to look down at the screen. Right. It's right up there where it belongs. And we and we don't like the vehicles. I don't like the vehicles. I think Mitsubishi might be one of them that has the kind of the plastic pop up and pop down uh, version of that. We want it. We want it projected. We don't want to project. We want it on the console that projects up on the on the window. We don't want the ones that kind of look a little cheapish. There's still some cars that have the plastic ones, right? Well, that's just a pop-up uh, nav screen, isn't it? Um, okay, I thought I thought some of the manufacturers still had the real cheap-looking head-up display, but maybe not. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Okay, but we like we like head-up display. Um, makes it, I like the blind spot uh, avoidance thing. I yeah. mean, you can turn the, the, the bell and whistle off, I believe, but mm-hmm. it'll still have a little light like in your rear view the side windows right mirrors remember we, we we drove to the la auto show a few years back and i think we had a kia sorrento suv and that was the first you you were the first one to kind of point it out to me that you could adjust the uh, uh, braking system so that if you could be at 60 feet 70 feet 80 feet 90 feet whatever and we that was the first time i had the adaptive cruise control adaptive yeah, cruise can... that was the first time i had experienced that and and that one was pretty it wasn't it didn't throw your head back but it was it was pretty abrupt if i remember and as, as they've gotten years, a lot better a lot better and it's slow now they're smooth slow. yeah very yep. smooth which yep. is is great it's great um so there's the tech technology what else is on your mind sir Convertibles. Mm-hmm. How come there aren't? There's a Miata. Mm-hmm. Jaguar has one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porsche. Volkswagen still. There's has a few, a but, few, but it's very low production. Um, people don't like the ragtop. They don't like the having to push a button and wait 12 seconds. I don't know why aren't there in a lot of convert. I think it's on the summer day on an open road. Is there anything better? No. You can be the cheapest pile of junk, right. and you got to convert the top down. Mm-hmm. Everything is okay. It's like being up on the bow of your boat. That's good, shooting down the river. That's a good analogy. Across I the think lake, you're you know? a good journalist. I, there's nothing like a convertible. And so, do you have any? Are you going to speculate why people don't buy convertibles? They're more expensive. Okay. They're not as practical because mm-hmm. they tend to although they're much better nowadays mm-hmm. but they tend they can have leaks air noises or and or water but certainly air noises they just yeah. don't fit as tight they're not as quiet right. although that's better too they have some pretty darn good ones you and then can, go ahead they also have the uh the hard top convertible that's like a three pieces that folds back into the mm-hmm. 
that's pretty slick. Uh, you know, my my wife had the uh, SLK did right. that, but they're just rattle traps. Rattle traps. And they fill the trunk up when it's down. You got to have the trunk empty. That's right. That's probably one of the reasons you go shopping and you're in your convertible. Where are the groceries going? Right. But we have also we also know that at the very top end of that that Bentley still has a convertible, right? Rolls Royce still has a convertible. Um, so if you get to where money's no object, that you can have that if you want, and who cares about the groceries, I guess. Um, but a hard top convertible just seems like the way to go to me. You, you sit in the you sit in the driver's seat or the passenger seat, and you push a button, and you can count to like twelve, and everything's all said and done, and off you go. And you can only you, some cars you can even do it if you're under fifteen miles an hour per hour. I right? Think. Yeah, you can you can drive some of them now. So. so um, good point. Why doesn't the man, some, some manufacturer is going to say, um, let's return to the old days when driving a convertible was the thing. It's a thing. It's back being a thing. And maybe we'll have a influx of convertibles. Yeah, it's okay by me, but I think part of it too is regulations and rollover standards. Oh, good point. Uh, so that kind of makes them more expensive and more heavy. Yeah. Than, than the sedan that they replace. So there's a lot of negatives uh, technically, yeah, I guess you're right, and and I'm um, that's not my dream car, but I've always appreciated a very underappreciated car, and that's the Volkswagen Eos. I like the way that car looks. I like it's a hardtop convertible. I think it would be a fun use. That's car. that funny little two door, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now, that that like, was an odd. It was beast. an odd, odd, odd thing. Yeah, but it was, and it was a little overpriced. But every once in a while, I'll see. It's like, oh, there's a Volkswagen Eos. I kind of like them. I don't know what the name Eos, I don't know what it means. Maybe it's a Greek god of something. I don't know. I don't even remember those in silver. Did they come in other colors? Yeah, dark blue. I, I oh, saw okay. dark blue. Uh, some sort of, it has four names. It's a blue that has four names. It's just, you know, not blue. It's something blue. Something superior, metallic, something blue. Last um, thing we can talk about, yeah. I guess, is sort of a tech thing is, uh, and you mentioned it earlier, was the manual transmission. Yes. And why are those gone, essentially? Well, you've educated me in that the CVT, the continuously variable transmission, are so good. And I think you've made the point, why would anybody buy a manual? We still like to drive. If you like to drive, it's great. But the CVTs are fantastic, right? They're fantastic for gas mileage. Yes. Uh, performance drivers, you still don't want one because mm -hmm. there's just that disconnect. But yes. they have these... Uh, you know, back in the old days, they were three speeds. Right. Automatics were just, they were terrible on gas mileage because there's so much slippage and mm -hmm. they didn't, they, there was a, they didn't shift smoothly. They only had three gears where your, um, the manuals had four, then they went to five. Yes. Um, finally, well, now it's the other way. The, the automatics have more gears than the manuals. That's right. And you can do them faster. They're smoother than a human can do it. They don't have a lot of wasted energy and slippage. They're just so far superior. It yes. just doesn't hardly make sense anymore. If we uh, we have a uh, a bridge, uh, the, a replica bridge in Sacramento of the Golden Gate Bridge, Sky West Bridge, and I always use this as a uh, a point that you could stand on the middle of Guy West Bridge and you could ask a hundred people what they're up to, and they, you'd get a lot of good stories. If you stood on Guy West Bridge and asked a hundred students who were going from some of the apartments or dormitories over the bridge to their classes. And you said, how many out of a hundred, how many could drive a 
a manual, a, a standard transmission. None of them. None of them. There are maybe th- maybe three. He said, "Oh, my dad had a old car, and I I learned to drive on my dad's whatever." But so a manual was a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. You, you did something you had to do because that was the technology. Right. Learn to use a clutch, and then and then when the automatics came out, you could do that. Mm-hmm. But they came at a high price for uh, straight line performance mm-hmm. and uh, in gas mileage. Mm-hmm. Well, now you don't have. It's the other way, actually. I think automatics and with the dual clutch automatics, they have all kinds of fancy stuff now that are better than than a manual. That's why even Porsche didn't they announce that they mm-hmm. they scrapped them. Yep. Yeah. So, so it, I I don't know if I heard you correctly. So if you if you if when you used to buy a car, an automatic transmission was an option, and now right, automatic transmissions are the standard. And oh, by the way. You there can. are some small cars. We just saw one at the LA Auto Show. Mm-hmm. I think was it the Corolla? Yes. That you could get with a with a manual. That'd be something. <laughs> I can remember that I refer to the Tour de France a lot because you know you go over there for three weeks and you have to have a rental car and you're driving. Well, there it's kilometers six to seven thousand kilometers in three weeks, so you're driving four thousand miles. And the years that I had. Uh, clutch cars on some of those mountains boy it was i had uh some of it a few times were a little dicey but then you get the hang of it and you still kind of you know careening around the alps and the pyrenees is kind of fun shifting a car practice with with any kind of logic involved you'd get you get an automatic transmission so you wouldn't be rolling back double clutching all these weird things using the handbrake uh, on a hill you don't want to do that, but I did it a they few times. They don't have handbrakes anymore. Huh? I don't have handbrakes anymore. But darn few cars to have handbrakes. Yeah, and I had I did have a BMW with a, um, you know, it was a six-speed manual transmission. It was fan- fantastic. It was the first car I ever had that had a uh, navigation system. I didn't know what to do, and there was a young fellow there from an Australian uh, newspaper, and he showed me how to use how to use a nav screen. What a, year was that? Oh gosh. Um, what we're, we're 2020 it was probably 2008, 2009, something hmm. like that. And uh, I was just talking to a bunch of guys, a cost, Australian guy. Of course, they're friendly to everybody. And I said, I, I don't even, he said, I'll show you. You know, I'll show you, mate. And he showed me how to use it. And I thought, this is unbelievable. And then you and I were there with speaking of directions. We got directions from a guy on his watch. Yeah. We were in, we were yep. in, <laughs> so he had the nav screen on his watch. So um, it seems like a manual transmission is kind of like where we are with electric electric cars oh, it's like it's like we have everybody has a man, uh, an automatic now and right. we're happy with them they work well mm-hmm. and somebody comes out with a manual and says you ought to try this why would i want to right now no you really got to have this manual no mm-hmm. you should really do this mm-hmm. you know you can't drink your coffee and steer at the same time and you have to you know mess around and mm-hmm try to get it in gear but this this will save the planet or it'll <laughs> yeah. something you know, n- something it offers nothing now the electric car does offer you straight line speed but most people don't care about that no the gas cars are plenty fast i got criticized the other day for including zero to 60 times in a car review and i have a couple of friends who say they all go perfectly fast enough. Why do you ever include that in your reviews? So maybe the average person doesn't care about performance or straight line, as you're talking about. 
maybe we're just too into it and we shouldn't even, I shouldn't even bother putting some of those numbers in there anymore. Who cares if it goes zero to 60 with a manual transmission, it's two points, point two seconds faster or slower. Nobody, does anybody care? I guess people do. I would think they do. Yeah. You and I well, do, but <laughs> that's like, don't put stopping distances in either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't care. I, I trust the manufacturer. Yeah. My, my car, my little Prius is going to stop just as fast as that Corvette. Yeah. You know who we have to ask whatever. about? We have to ask our, our tow truck driver friend when he comes upon a scene of an accident, what he thinks about if it makes any difference to him, whether a car is a manual transmission or a CVT, what in terms of um, getting the car off the road, towing it, is that a factor? Do you think uh, these days in terms of being able to tow a car if it's if it's stuck in second gear or third gear? Well, I, I don't even know exactly why it would be a problem, but I'm thinking it it would be on some level. Oh, it, it probably matters. It probably matters. Yeah. And I bet you he would go... He'd, he'd go with a manual. He'd go with a manual, yep. But he's told us all kinds of stories about uh, newer cars and, and how they they shut down everything. So then you can't get it out of... You can't get it out of park or you can't, yes. you can't get the emergency brake off. When, yes. When the computer says something's wrong, like after an accident or mm-hmm. whatever happened or, the, or is the, the battery is somehow disconnected mm-hmm. or dead... Everything shuts down. So now you can't push the car out of a intersection, say. Something that could yes. be easily done before the tow truck got there. Mm-hmm. You're sitting in the middle of the intersection. You can't move the car. So that's a that's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Do I remember from when we were younger that if you got a car towed, it, you put the car in neutral? Right. And towed it. You can't do that, right? Well, sure you can. With with, But... I mean, to push it, you can put a, a automatic in neutral and push it. If, if it pushes a little harder, but to put it in, an, if it's been in an accident um, and you can't turn the car on, can you still put it in neutral? I don't know. Well, you should. Okay. Uh, yeah. One that's not all full of electronics that would shut that feature down. That's okay. what our tow truck driver was saying. That's right. That a lot of these, like he mentioned in a. Chrysler minivans, I yes. think, was one of the notorious ones that he's run across a lot. But well, they're pretty popular. Mm-hmm. He says they just completely shut down. Right, right. Well, anything else on the list, Bruce? Or have we no, covered- I think we uh, covered everything. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. Uh, Bruce Aldrich is the co-host, and he has been, I think, for almost every episode, maybe. He's done a couple pretty of near, by himself. Pretty near. He's done a couple of by himself. I've done a couple by myself. But uh, thanks again for joining us. Please visit my website, theweeklydriver.com. Please forward any comments you might have to us. Um, our podcast is available not only on my website, but on uh, all of the major uh, podcast platforms that you might listen to. Check us out. Let you know what you th- let us know what you think, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care. See you guys.